hello, I'm Joe, this month's host of The Commentarians. And I'm Joshua, and uh, I, uh, I've been a worship leader, I've been involved in church in a number of different ways, and I just continue just to walk with God and study the Word. And we're here to talk over your movies. Uh, hi everyone, welcome to The Commentarians. Is this Prairie Home Companion? Husband Bulge is now a part of my permanent vocabulary. <laughs> I saw a squirrel. I am going to point out real quick, this is, to me is like the most disturbing scene in the entire movie. Stop listening right now and go watch Firefly. Hey, this is my podcast. I'm sorry, sorry, Joe. <laughs> we are saying that not only have we been wounded, we survived, and there's a God who heals of these wounds. Jesus isn't about the isms. Uh, he's about his kingdom. Because it is kind of like this idea that Jesus died for all of our sins, except when you had sex. And Jesus doesn't cover that. Hello, everyone. As you just heard, uh, I'm here with uh, Joshua. Do you like to be called Joshua or Josh? What do you prefer? Uh, I have a slight preference for Joshua, but, uh, you know, all I'm right. easy going. We'll go with that. <laughs> And yeah. uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You said that you're a, you used to be a worship leader or? Yeah, um, I have been in a couple different churches in the past. Uh, recently just uh, stepped back from, from doing that uh, at, at my church. Um, just felt like I was doing too much. Yeah. And um, God really laid on my heart back in March that I need to be uh, putting out a podcast on the gospel. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and knowing that there's a ton of work that goes into that, I, I kept thinking, I need to do this, I need to do this, and trying to do a little prep, but um, just didn't have time, didn't have energy. And and God finally kind of led me along that path of like, this is what you need to let go of. And so I stepped back from leading worship. Yeah. Uh, what is it about Christians? They have such a strong worth ethic that they do a ton. Like a lot of uh, my, I, I've known so many church leaders who just yeah. take too much onto themselves and you, like, you know... And like I've known people who like kids have said, you know, oh, I don't spend any time with my dad because he's at, you know, he's at the hospital yeah. with somebody there or he's at somebody's home dealing with their marriage. And it's just like totally they, they all feel like they need to do more. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it's it, it, part of it may be maybe, you know, a good thing in the sense that, you know, people are we're trying to to have an impact for for the kingdom and and just encourage people and, and all of that. But um, I also think there's a sense where we sometimes um, it's like you can think of yourself as too important. OK, <laughs> if I don't do this, nobody else will. Sure. Um, and and sometimes, say, you know, uh, the thing to do is pray and yeah. and see someone else kind of rise to the occasion. Or, or hand it off to someone that has more experience or, you know, um, whatever it is. Uh, and, you know, I, that was part of it for me, too. Uh, you know, I, my kids are seven and four, and I've been working the last five and a half years doing two jobs, mm -hmm. uh, working at the church part-time, leading worship, and on top of a full-time job. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, I started to run into some hell stuff where it was like, okay, I'm, I'm too stressed out. That's yeah. another clue. Uh, and God just kind of led me along a path where it was like, you need to give something something up. It needs to be a big chunk of time. Mm -hmm. This is the thing you need to give up. Now is when you need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, you know. And also because there's such kindness in the church, it's hard to say no. I think that that's a big part of it. Like when I've asked somebody for like a ride or something or, hey, can you do this? Can mm -hmm. we? They don't say they say yes 
when it's like, wait a minute, maybe they didn't have the time to do it. And they did. They said, yeah, why didn't they just say no? You know, because yeah. they're showing up super late. They're all stressed. Oh, I was just doing this. And I was just sorry about that. And I'm like, no, it's okay. And I'm like, why didn't they just say no? <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, it's, I yeah. don't know. It's, it's, it's that, that interesting balance of really trying to, to, to invest in other people yeah. and, and also like stay sane. And I, I think that's part of, of where the importance of, you know, loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Right. You know, if you don't stick up for yourself, if you don't ha have a sense of, you know, these are my boundaries and this is what I need to do to, to make sure I'm healthy in my relationships and in my life and my body and all of that, um, then you really, how can you love other people? Well, you right. know, you crater, <laughs> yeah. and then you let people down and then you feel terrible and it just doesn't work out very well so yeah yeah all right well um we're about to start a movie and as we've actually had to do several you know pre-production discussions with people <laughs> i had to talk to nathan and uh, we spoke before together because this is a rough one this yeah. is a really hard to watch uh, as I'm going to say in the coming attractions, if you heard that, um, if you don't feel like you can watch this movie, I, we totally understand. In fact, some people might not even feel comfortable listening to this episode. That's totally okay. Uh, we're going to be discussing more or less what's happening as it goes along. So if you've never seen it before, it's okay. We can tell you what's happening and, uh, we'll try to keep our language as, uh, clean as possible. But this is a really difficult topic that, uh, sometimes you need to hear what's happening in order to understand the severity of the, uh, you know, the problem that uh, pornography actually, you know, has on us and on other people. So, um, yeah. Um, any thoughts before we get started? Oh man. Um, uh, I mean, I think that's a pretty good, pretty good summary. You know, obviously, you know, we're here because we feel like, this is something that the church doesn't do a good job of talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, this is a, a film that does a, a good job of kind of really, you know, opening people's eyes, I think to, you know, some of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that goes on all the time, mm -hmm. uh, behind the scenes. Um, so, um, I think it's, it's a good way to kind of get beyond the tip of the iceberg that people see when they just see um, the side of pornography that, that feels good and, and don't really want to look beyond um, the, the camera. Because, um, you know, to be honest, I was that way for a long time. I, I, um, you know, it's you, growing up, you know, I, my exposure to pornography was pretty early on when the Internet was, was starting up. And all of a sudden mm -hmm. it's like, wow, the, all this stuff is available. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I didn't really want to know kind of what was going on behind the scenes because it was uncomfortable. Um, right. And then, you know, thinking, you know, forward, um, when when you, you put it out there, you know, I'm looking at doing this. And I really felt like it was like, you know, I've been uncomfortable about this because it was easier to continue doing it when mm -hmm. or using it when I didn't know. Sure. Um, and I've been uncomfortable about it because I was ashamed of, of you know, my connection with this. Mm -hmm. um, and um, And now it's like, I just kind of feel like I got to rip the bandaid off and I'm sure there are other people that are in that position. Right. Um, some of them are people that really shouldn't watch this film. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, this episode I think may be a good step for them. Some of them, you know, really are probably are in a place where, you know, watching it may be really good. Um, I would probably, you know, 
if this is something you've struggled with, probably wouldn't watch it alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, if you have, especially somebody else that you've talked with about this, this struggle, um, this might be a really good thing for group discussion in an accountability group or something like that, um, to really, um, kind of open eyes. Yeah. And I, the reason I wanted to do it was because, uh, Pornhub, and I'm sure I've mentioned this in the coming attractions when we haven't recorded it yet, but I'm sure I'm going to, <laughs> that, um, por- uh, um, an article just came out that uh, Pornhub actually removed uh, like millions of videos that were uh, unverified because it contained a lot of child pornography. It contained a lot of, uh, you know, uh, revenge porn, which we'll talk about all that in, and like real sexual assaults. And Pornhub was not curating that, was not, uh, you know, doing a good enough job of removing it because it made them a lot of money. And they can yeah. just say, well, we don't know what they're posting. We don't know what people are posting. We take them down when we can. But honestly, they, they weren't doing a good enough job, and they were making a ton of money off of those videos. And uh, I feel that, like, like we said in the church, they're not doing a good enough job of talking about porn. Every mm-hmm. sermon, every message at Bible camps, at youth groups, conferences, and all that was pornography is a sin. Don't watch it. You're weak, but, but you know, or not, you know, mm-hmm. we're weak to it, but don't watch it because it damages relationships. But this, I think, is important to realize that this doesn't just damage our spiritual journey. This damages yeah. society as a whole. It is really, really a plague upon our country and upon the world uh, mm-hmm. because of what it does to the people involved, what it does to sexual relationships what it does to young people. It's really an overall horrible thing that we've accepted in society as well. Everybody does it. Everybody's okay with it. So I really do think that as Christians, we need to not just realize that it is a sin, but that it has a real negative impact on every aspect of society, it seems. So, yeah. uh, so again, this Definitely. is going to be a tough one to talk about, but uh, I feel that, like you said, we need to talk about it. So uh, if you're going to watch it with us, it's on Netflix. Uh, we're posited all zeros. Uh, I'm going to count down three, two, one, and then press play. And then that's when we can pr- press play. Uh, if you don't feel like watching it, it's okay. If you, you know, like I said, the especially the first 10 minutes, real rough. It uh, yeah. So... Let's just get into it. We can continue the discussion uh, into the movie. Uh, Pause at all zeros. Three, two, one, play. Okay, the Netflix logo just popped up. Black. And a Netflix documentary. All right. So, uh, this is basically a documentary about a house. Uh, mm-hmm. A talent agent, he calls himself, where he uh, essentially recruits young women to join him in his home in Florida to be actresses in pornography. And this is like, you know, they're driving to the airport. Right now, a guy and an actress drive to the airport to pick up a new girl. And yeah. uh, okay, the word say people, more people visit porn sites each month than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined. Yeah. Uh, more and more of what they watch is porn am porn feature uh, videos featuring uh paid uh amateurs uh and they're it's, it's it's basically explaining that the girl next door idea is what's most popular right now yeah and that's why well, it's they, interesting go ahead. 
um, that first, like the very first thing you hear them say, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to go to the airport. And she asks, can I drive? And he's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like that's that's a metaphor for this whole thing. That's a you know, it's all about control. Because again, and I should mention, and okay, right now it gets real rough here because there's they're showing a lot of really graphic, what appear to be pornographic images, but they're not. They're just showing shots from Instagram, music videos, uh, yeah, just showing people, showing us the audience how pornography has made sex very common in the mainstream. Yeah. And, well, and it's really interesting because, you know, one of the producers of this, um, you know, was interviewed by Vice and talking about this. And um, she was very much, a, you know, has issues with the whole kind of pornification of uh, society. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, there are parts of it that um, she doesn't have a problem with. Uh, so obviously we're going to differ <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on that. Um, but even even someone that, you know, uh, tries to be sex positive, as she puts it, mm-hmm. sees the problem with, you know, we've just had this kind of dumped in our lap that suddenly in media, we can just have all of this out here and just, you know, of course it's just fine. Right. Like, yeah, that's, that's crazy. And because I, when I find something super fascinating, I try to get into it and, oh, Jesus. So we're showing Justin Bieber Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, what's her name? Miley Cyrus and just incredibly explicit videos. Uh, Again, this is what kids are watching. This isn't yeah. on porn sites. These, this is on television. This is on MTV, on the internet, on YouTube. So, yeah, that, that's basically what the movie is trying to say. It's that it impacts us all. It impacts. Yeah. It's it, pornography has infiltrated into the mainstream. I so anyway, I was saying that I would have become really. When I find something interesting, I do a lot of research on it on my own, and I found mm. pornography interesting just because of what I saw was happening in it. And this was back, I, I grew up in Los Angeles and in the San, San Fernando Valley. That's where, that's where porn pornography was huge. All the major yeah. porn studios existed there. And what their, what their defense of pornography was, was that women were in charge. Yeah. They, men watch porn for the women. So they get paid more. They can fake it so they didn't have to, you know, fake enjoyment because, or they didn't have to actually be enjoying it. They could just fake it because the men are the really the ones that have to, you know, show that they were enjoying it, like visibly showing if you get my drift. And so yeah. men get paid less. Women can choose because they are the ones that men are going to see. They choose who they will and will work with. And it just sounded like women were in charge of the porn industry, except for the fact that men all ran the industry. And mm-hmm. that these women, when in those days, the studios actually had these girls under contract. And if you did not want to do a particular kind of scene, they would just end your contract. And mm-hmm. that's how they kept. So as much as women said, oh, yeah, I get to pay, you know, blah, blah, blah. Very few of them actually had that freedom. The wow. major stars actually had the freedom to say, no, I'll work with them. I'll work with uh, but I won't work with this person. Most women had absolutely no freedom within, uh, you know, and again, we can make the argument, well, they could, they could just leave whenever they wanted. But I mean, if you're making hundreds of dollars per scene as this, and it's no different here, you know, in this, if you're making that much money at such a young age, 
for it to be completely cut off because it's not like they make money on the back end like as far as like how much the video sells and now no. you only get paid for the There's no like royalties or anything it's not like writing a song right and so this isn't new what's happening here and we'll explain what i mean by that but mm-hmm. women have never really been in charge of the industry as much as they you know they said that they were and uh, here's this a, yeah this uh. this piece of work the talent agent says, just said on, on screen that uh, every day a new girl turns 18 and wants to do porn. And the reason this movie's called uh, Hot Girls Wanted is because it's basically how he finds girls is he goes on Craigslist, he puts, on, puts out an ad, Hot Girls Wanted, and says a free trip to Florida, th- uh, you know, thousands of dollars a week, and you get to live on the beach. And tons of young women you know, mm-hmm. go for this. When he just says, you know, I'll never run out. Yeah. You know, and um, one of the differentiators too, in terms of, you know, what people are making, um, they talk about this at different points in the film, but if you put it together, you know, you have uh, some of these women are making something like 800 bucks a scene yeah. um, on average, but then like the producer who's basically doing <laughs> Nothing. Right. <laughs> he's, he's posting Craigslist ads and then making them feel c- comfortable when they're when they're not shooting. Um, he's making something like ten grand a day. Yeah, you know. And so you talk about like the power differential there, um, and the motivation to keep going. Um, it's it's really sickening to see the just the abusive structure of that in terms of dominance mm-hmm. um, beyond anything else. Yeah. And so, and that's kind of the interesting thing is that he's. The the idea is that, you know, uh, what what am I trying to say? So it's really, really difficult for these women because they're right out of high school. Like you said, these yeah. girl, every day a girl, an eight, a girl turns 18. And you go from making no money, maybe, you know, so you don't go to college so you, and you go to do this industry, into this industry where you make hundreds, like thousands of dollars a week. And it reminds yeah. me of like sports stars, right? Like football yeah. and basketball players who get recruited out of high school. They get mm-hmm. millions of dollars contract and they, and they, and and they, they blow it. They blow it because they're young. Yeah. They don't know how to, you know, yeah. how to invest. They don't know how to do any of this. And so these girls, well, and- they're 18 and they make a thousand dollars a week. Once they give up the job, they don't want to do this anymore. They go to zero. And they have yeah. nothing to fall back on. Yeah. Well, and, and at the end of the film, uh, one of the, the girls that's kind of the, the main thread through this, mm-hmm. um, you know, they go back and, and there are places where they show her with her family. And we'll get into some of that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, she basically says, this is how much I made. And at the end of it, this is how much I had left because I have to buy the clothes. I have to buy the birth control. I have to buy all of these things. So, um, you know, you could look at the dollar sign and think, oh, you know, you're making good money. And in the sense that, um, you think it's, you know, the amount of money looks like a lot and you don't want to leave it. Sure. And in the comparison of what could you make as a waitress somewhere? Sure. But at the end of the day, how much are you really making? It's actually really not much. Right. Because you do, like you said, you do have to pay for your own makeup, your own clothes, yeah. how travel, all of it. Yeah, it's. And so here we have essentially 
the movie is right now glamorizing this this yeah. lifestyle because they they live on the beach. They're showing videos of like these beautiful women dancing around and showing off body parts and stuff and how much fun they're having. And I think and you said that you felt really uncomfortable with that at the beginning. Yeah, because for sure. You want to talk about that a bit? Yeah. Well, you know, it's it was it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I, I don't. <laughs> how long is this going to continue on this arc? You know, right? Um, and. Um, but it, it's really interesting having having watched the whole film. I feel like they really kind of um, crafted it in a way that that feels a lot like sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that it's like, oh, this is this is great. I like this. This is pleasurable. This is something I want to do. And that's how you start out. And that's why you do it, right? Yeah. Um, but as they go on, they start to uncover more and more layers of the brokenness that that sin brings. Yeah. Um, and th- you know, this is particularly in the lives of these girls. But um, that's a, it's, a, it's really a great kind of overarching metaphor um, for the way that sin operates in our lives too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, there's this girl that isn't, uh, in the industry. Uh, well, she's not anymore. It doesn't seem like, well, she's not in the movie, I should say. And they keep showing yeah. her getting, being interviewed on different shows, like on a podcast, the Artie Lang show and, uh, Pierce Morgan talking about how she, you know, paid for college with, uh, with porn. And I think that that's yeah. part of it. The, the the movie is essentially telling showing you how beautiful and awesome this life is just to start tearing it down as the yeah. movie goes on. It's so, it's like a steel man so you can tear it down right. and then prove your point right. instead of making a weak version of something and then tearing it down. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a weak version of it. <laughs> right. So here, yeah. And yeah, this is a bit silly. This woman, this one of the actresses is very very high on marijuana and rapping very poorly and thinking she's doing the right <laughs> and yeah she thinks she's doing really well um, yeah. and uh, uh. yeah she's a week and a half in the industry it says so it gives you like a little introduction on all of them so and again i mean outside the christian world in the secular yeah. world you're young you you make thousands of dollars a week for uh, you know, having sex. That sounds pretty great. It sounds like a pretty great trade-off on the surface, you know? Yeah. And I mean, girl- especially if you're if you're just kind of ramping up into, like, exploring your sexuality. Like, this, it's, like, exciting because you get to explore that and make money. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. That's how people see it. Right. And this girl is just talking about how, like, I live in a small town. I have nothing mm-hmm. there. And in my first week of living here, I've done five things that I loved that I've that I've always wanted to do. Yeah, you know. And so she's essentially believes that she's made the best choice possible. And what they keep saying at the beginning of here, like these girls hanging out, is saying, "I'm going to be a big star. I'm going to be a yeah. big star. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to get be famous." Well, and that's part of the draw. Um, and they go into this a bit more. You want to talk about the shelf life? Yeah. So uh, yeah. they're saying that the girls make an average of $800 a week. They shoot about three to five scenes a week. So that's quite a bit of money. And yeah. I, let's well, wait. It's 800 a scene. A yeah. scene, yeah. Yeah. And so, and again, that's average. So there's some girls yeah. make a little more, some make a little less. But that's the average amount. And I, I let's wait on that because I want to hear the guys yeah. talking about it. 
on yeah, the shelf but, life. But they'll go into like how long the girls last, and it's really shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, how, it, again, I think demonstrates you know this guy could do this forever and make ten grand a week, and these girls have a dream; they want to be a star, and they get they basically get sucked into abuse, and then it's over. Right. And uh, is and yeah, so and then it's talking about how Twitter contributes to this because mm-hmm. these girls get you know followers uh, from Twitter, and Twitter has absolutely no filters as far as like yeah. you're allowed to post and not allowed to post, and the youngest you have to be to join Twitter is 13 years old. Yeah. So if you're 13 years or over, then you can join Twitter. And these women well, are and posting videos and sexually explicit pictures, and I guess that's, that's scary I mean, to me on both sides of it. Like, yeah, could you start posting that at thirteen if yeah. you have an account? Yeah, like I mean, until someone figures out that you're thirteen, you sure, know, yeah. um, could you could you be uh, consuming this at thirteen? Absolutely, right. You know, and that's that's assuming that the person that that creates the account is the one using it. You now, you could you could easily have a thirteen year old that then has younger siblings. Uh, hmm. They get access to it too. So, right. I mean, it's it's kind of terrifying how easy this is uh, to get sucked into. Yeah. And here we have the first male actor, the, the probably the only male actor that they talk to for this movie. And yeah. He's essentially, yeah, just explaining how you know crazy this life is. You just you show up and all of a sudden everything goes you know gets turned up to a thousand or, or something. Yeah, and they interview him, and that's uh, what you just mentioned. Because again, this I, I think this movie did a really good job of this whole time showing you how glamorous and awesome this life is. And then we have this actor here, who just popped on screen, mm-hmm. explaining why this isn't good. And they're asking her, "What's the shelf life of a girl?" And he's like, "It depends on how she markets herself. Worst case scenario, one to three months." Then he's thinking. Like, all right scenario, uh, three to six. Best case scenario, if she doesn't catch on to the game, a year tops. Yeah. Tops. And so that's the, that's the thing, is that he says, he actually shows his cards, if she doesn't yeah. catch on to the game, if she doesn't yeah. figure it out, she'll only last, at, at most, one year. And he's been in the industry for five years. Right. And so that instantly kind of tells you like, okay, like either he's really good at the game or the game is rigged. Yeah. Um, And I think we can probably guess which one it is. And what they explain in the movie is that that's kind of by design is that you only the days of like, I don't know, Jenna Jameson and, you know, Sasha Gray, they're over. Guys don't want like famous people famous celebrity porn stars uh, in their videos. They want this girl next door, girls they don't know, young girls. And so something new and exciting every day kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And the whole and the uh, the notion is is that yeah, that once you they're going to make as many videos front with you as possible and they're mm-hmm. going to get more extreme, more graphic, more abusive more humiliating because that's a big part of it also that there's no possible way that a girl can last anywhere you know any more than a year yeah you know it's it's and and you get to the point where after a little while like 
your options and, and they talk about this too like your, your options if you want to stay in the industry are to be to do more extreme stuff that's pretty much all you can do yeah um and and so a lot of these girls end up doing that kind of a thing and um they'll get into some of this later with a particular uh, website that you know is just mm-hmm. awful um but i mean it just it's again it's just that promise of you know you can have this glamorous life you can do these things and then just tearing them down yeah. Uh, and in fact, speaking of tearing down, <laughs> um, we're actually nervous laughter, right? Um, we're actually going back to Texas with one of the girls that's kind of the main thread through this movie and her interacting with her family after she has uh, been in the industry for, I forget, a couple of weeks or something like that. I mean, she's just dipping her toe in this. Yeah. And uh, but dipped it deep enough, you know, that the damage is, is being done. Yeah. And it shows you a little bit of what this town is like. It has like an I love football sign on the on, on a restaurant window. Yeah. Uh, armed Forces Center, you know, like recruiting center. Just it's maybe, it's maybe. every town in America, small yeah. town. And you know what? Which maybe, is exactly. Yeah. yeah. Maybe in every, in t- there's lots of towns like this where there aren't many options, where maybe the army is a, the best option for you, you know, which makes yeah. something like this when you're young, especially makes something like this a lot more you know, I yeah. don't know, scary to want to, to end up staying here in this town. I was just watching It's a Wonderful Life earlier. Mm. <laughs> you know, the idea... <laughs> That's a contrast. Right, but uh, it reminded me of it just now. It just popped into my head that George Bailey hated his life until he realized how beautiful it was. He was focused mm. on the wrong things. And yeah. maybe, and if you're young, if you're 18, and you're like, oh no, my parents have lived here this whole, their whole life, and there's nothing but the piggly wiggly here and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it just doesn't sound great, but in reality, it's probably a pretty awesome life. And this is rough because her mom basically tells her how proud she is of all her accomplishments in life and then pivots into, I know, yeah, you know, uh, cause her mom is smarter than most. She figured it out before it really kind of got out there. But, uh, they talk about this later too, that, you know, it, takes about a month to be recognized yeah. Uh, because it's, it's just everywhere. So and, someone somewhere is going to recognize you. And her mom actually figured it out before mm-hmm. that time came up by seeing, you know, some of the things she'd written in a diary or something like that. And right. all of a sudden it's like, I know, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why? And yeah, it's, and the mom is kind of talking to her, trying to be not positive, but like trying to figure, like not yelling at her, but just trying yeah. to, you know, and be a mom like that one day you were just here and then the next day you were on a plane and you left yeah and this yeah it, it, oh, man i know that we're supposed to feel like we're not you know supposed to see like oh well i have a sister so i know what that's like like you're supposed to feel right. empathy for people just because they're human beings Right? Absolutely. You don't. Ha- you shouldn't have to have a wife or a mother or a, a daughter to feel empathy. But but that adds to the equation for sure. Yeah. I mean, if my yeah. sister was telling me about what she was doing in pornography, it would completely devastate me. Yeah. And so I think about that with my daughter. You know, yeah. she's seven. I mean, you can't you help know, but like, think that way. I mean. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and she says, this is why I picked it. It's easy, quick, fast, and, and... Yeah. And, yeah, it's getting emotional. And oh. 
because she's saying, how do you protect yourself from diseases? And she says she, you know, they get tested, you know, every, every two <laughs> Which weeks. Which is just, you know, after the fact, I guess I'll know. Yeah. Like, what kind exactly. of protection is that, you know? Um, and, you know, she talks a bit about, you know, some of the other things that they do. And, and you really, um, I think you really see just how naive she is here. Mm-hmm. And that it's just like, oh, this is what I'm doing to protect myself. Well, that's not actually protection. And, and this is, you know, how things work in the industry. And we find out later, actually, that's not how they work in the industry. And right. you see the look on the mom's face, you know, her mom is pretty smart. Like yeah. she put the dots together and, and she's, she's got to know that so much of this just isn't, isn't true. Yeah. And that's got to be heartbreaking. Like, how do you break through that? Yeah. And she's, I mean, she, she basically explains she's not on birth control. So what happens if you get pregnant? Like, well, I won't get pregnant yeah. because, you know, as if you, if you're, if you struggle with porn, you know how a lot of these videos finish, but she's explaining this to her mom. Yeah. And her mom is just, you could see the hurt in her eyes. Yeah. That, oh. When you can see just that kind of that feeling of emptiness, mm-hmm. too. And, and, and Tressa, she doesn't want to be there talking about this either. And, and she's processing this for sure. But she doesn't, she's also like, put, has those walls up where it's like, I don't really want to process this. And yeah. I sure don't want to tell my dad. Right. Uh, which her mom is trying to, trying to get her to do. And, and here we have this scene of them out hunting and, mm-hmm. You know, of course, as as anyone would expect, the first time someone thinks about telling their parents something this big, she puts it off. Yeah. You know, um, and it's like I don't blame her. I would probably do the same thing in a similar situation. I have in in my own situations that are, yeah. you know, a big deal. Um, but it's just it's sad because, um, yeah, yeah, it's but, just sad. But again, the. That's kind of why I wanted to talk about this, because it's beyond the fact that God doesn't like us watching porn, that it's a sin in ourselves. Just watching this, you start to see how it actually hurts other people, how it hurts the actresses, the people who are watching, the families that are involved. There's nothing positive about pornography, you know, it's... Like I said, and I mentioned this uh, to you that the notion is is that a lot of people who watched this movie really didn't like it. They saw they said that it made porn look bad. I I, I don't know how they could have made this look good, to be honest with you. But it said that a lot of women are in charge of the industry. Like, there's a lot of like sex positive pornography. There's a lot of feminist porn. A lot of positivity for women. But the thing of it is, the point that this movie's making is that those videos, those, you know, healthy, I guess, sexual, sexually healthy videos in the secular sense, because in Christianity, there's no such thing as positive porn. But the kind that doesn't hurt people is not popular at all. The ones that are getting the most hits, the most clicks, which is what makes the people the most money are these kinds of videos that are well and and you were talking about you were talking about wanting to do this because of the thing with Pornhub and and um you know them having to take down a bunch of content and you know it's pretty shocking but you realize like it was something like two thirds of their content. Yeah. Two thirds of it was stuff where they couldn't prove that people were of legal age. It was Mm -hmm. stuff that was too abusive to be like 
that's crazy. Right. And in uh, the articles you know. that I read was like, you know, like a boyfriend who convinced his girlfriend to videotape themselves having sex. And so right. she's like, you know, hey, that might be fun. He they record it and then he posts it on Pornhub. Yep. And yeah. when these girls complain to Pornhub, they're like, sure, we'll take it down. They take it down and it goes right back up because there's yeah. no way to to control that. You know, well, yeah, I mean, it's an open it's it's like Wikipedia. Anybody can edit. So you right. can do you know, different people can download, upload, whatever. And, and you um, can, yeah, exactly. you, know. you can download videos. So it doesn't matter yeah. if it gets taken down because now you could post it right back up. Yeah. And, and that kind of stuff is popular, I, I think, in part because, you know, it, it again is um, it feels more experiential, but it's also about control right. um, because, you know, most of the like a lot of that stuff if you're paying any attention to it at the time when you're not just like in a frenzy, like this is what I want to see. It's pretty obvious that one of them is being manipulated and the other one is doing the manipulating. And it's mm -hmm. almost always the dude that's manipulating the girlfriend and using her for his purpose. Mm. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Here we have another <laughs> actress who says that she doesn't have sex other than in movies. She doesn't, she yeah. can't find a relationship basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and basically like it's, it's heartbreak because it's, you know, she feels like she gets in a relationship, they have sex, it lasts a few weeks or a month and then broken heart. She's yes. just like, why would I want to do that? Right. And you that's know? a thing about sex is, I mean, yeah, it's when it's used, the, the hardest thing to explain to people who aren't Christian is the fact that you, there's no such thing as just physical sex. You know, when they say it's right. just physical, it's just for fun, it might seem like that even at the time, but at the end of the day, it has an emotional impact. Yeah. It stays with you, you know, and again, it, and this isn't like, you know, the purity culture idea that, oh, you're you're, you know, you're impure, you lost your purity. That's not what I mean. I mean that there really is an emotional connection to having sex and to mm -hmm. having that kind of intimacy with somebody else. And yeah. if you, you know, I, I mean, imagine that these girls, like she was just saying that she went out with her boyfriend, you know, they had sex and then he just ditched her. He was done yeah. with her and it broke her heart and he just basically used her for sex and I'm sure that he, you know, didn't tell her that he was going to do that. It was, he manipulated her. Right. And that's kind of what sexual relationships do. Hmm. I, I, I don't know. I just, I being, you know, a guy that wasn't always Christian, I, you know, had girlfriends, I had sexual relationships. I, I kind of, the amount of toxicity that created that that created Mm -hmm. the emotional, like, you know, damage that it created, it was really, and, and again, the, the, that's not everybody. That's not f what happens with everybody, but there is something that changes when you have yeah. sex with somebody. As much as we don't want to think that it does, it really does. Yeah. Well, and, you know, me growing up, I was, the, I was in a little different situation growing up in a Christian home and in the church and, and knowing like, ah, oh, this isn't really something I should be doing, but it's just like, I also want to do it. And sure. um, for me, um, it was that weird place of like, how do you, how do you try to, man to maneuver relationships with the, 
women in your life when you're being fed all of the stuff in popular media about what people want. You're being taught purity culture stuff in the church mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, and we talked about this too. It's not that, that, you know, ideals of purity are, are, are bad in and of themselves, but we often don't really do it very well. Right. Um, and, um, and then, you know, being someone that's also allowing themselves to be, uh, be influenced by pornography. It's like, where are the lines with relationships? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that definitely like, I, I, uh, it took me a long time to really have significant relationships because I was just trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I can, I can imagine why purity culture ended up the way that it did, because you have a bunch of adults, usually male mm-hmm. who were, because they, they were the church leaders trying to explain to kids that they shouldn't right. have sex. <laughs> and I mean, kids, let's be honest, are dumb. I yeah. we were all dumb when we were young. I'm not saying that teenagers are just dumb. I'm saying that all we think that we know more than we actually do. And yeah. for somebody to try to explain to a kid, you know, you shouldn't have sex. Oh, but God will forgive me anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. but you're no, it doesn't well actually <laughs> like it gets really But it's hard. still not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. It's really and so to try to and so they came up with this purity thing where if you have sex you're no longer pure and you want to be pure for your husband and your wife and it's just it got you know and then it devolved into this weird kind of you know thing that actually hurt a lot of people yeah because it's just so difficult to convince kids and i now that we're talking about young people this is the only sex education a lot of them have yeah, which is another huge problem is that when young men watch this a lot, they think this is how women act. This is how women are. This is what this women is what they want. Want exactly. Yep. And when they when they go out, and this happens to a lot of young you know men that when they go out to try to meet women, and they realize, yeah, we're not like that, or you know, they're not, they're not as sexually willing as the women in porn are they think oh well then they're just prudes what's wrong with them why are they is it me do they not like me they must be all women are like that because that's all they see on the internet Mm -hmm. not not realizing that this is a fantasy they're creating a fantasy for men that and so it really and on top of that when they have girlfriends they want to have sex like the kind of sex that they see in pornography which yeah, very few women actually enjoy. Yeah, you know, and so we have women who, and there's been articles written about this who have to do things they don't like to make their boyfriends happy. Yeah, because this is what they. And again, if you watch videos constantly over and over again, you your brain kind of develops a predilection to that kind of thing. It makes mm-hmm. it like, you know, I, we think we talked about this before. It's like drugs. You know, when you yeah. start doing drugs, a little bit helps, a little bit works. But the more you do it, the more your body gets used to it, and you need more and more and more and stronger stuff and stronger stuff. Pornography is not much different. Well, it, it, but it is different in, in, in a significant way, too. And, that you know, I can't imagine taking a drug mm-hmm. and have it give me a high. You know, okay, but I can remember. I can think back to 
something, you know, that I've seen and think, oh, that was really great. Yeah, let's think about that some more. Right. That's a really and good so point. Yeah. there's like in kind of an additional addictive, I, I think, aspect to this where um, it, it can kind of pull you back. And um, it, I think of it in some ways a lot like like grief where, you know, we have this idea that it's like you go through stages when you're grieving something and it's like, oh, now I'm in denial. And then eventually I'll get to the point where I accept it. And if you've ever been through grief, you realize, you know, that like there isn't there's no clean stage. You know, at any point you can be triggered by something that brings you back to a particular moment that brings up one of those earlier stages for you. And I feel like addictions are a lot like that, too, where it's like something that you experience can remind you of of that addiction and kind of bring you back to that moment. And then you have that battle in your mind. Right. Um, so it's, it's, there's that added dimension there too, that really is powerful that, um, yeah, it's, uh, the tip of the iceberg. You, you don't really want to find out the rest of it. Right. You know? And yeah. And like drugs, like alcohol, like any kind of addiction, it's probably a good idea to have an accountability partner. Yes. Somebody who understands Absolutely. what you're going through who is there not to judge you or make you feel bad, but to, you know, be your strength with you, you know, to help you pull you through it because doing it alone is next to impossible. Yeah. I, uh, uh, at Bible camp, uh, one of my, I was a cabin leader and one of my kids said, I want to talk to one of the leaders about a problem that I'm having. So I'm like, sure. And mm -hmm. so we went together and he admitted that he was struggling with porn and yeah. we were talking to a friend of ours a friend of mine, and he made a really good point. He, he called the reason people watch porn are what he calls hill, basically. When you're, and sorry for the language, but I'm being open, horny, that will lead you. You're, uh, what, idle, when you're not doing anything, when mm. you're just sitting around not doing anything, it's easy to just go to the first, the quickest pleasurable thing, you know, and when you're lonely. So... Those three things mm -hmm. are pretty big triggers for a lot of people that when you're alone at home doing nothing and, you know, you watch, you're watching a movie, you see something, you know, kind of, you know, sexy on television, it might, you know, turn you on and make mm -hmm. you draw you to that thing. Or if you're not doing anything, instead of working, instead of going out, doing something, if you're just doing nothing, it'll lead you to that. And so those are kind of three triggers that, uh, you know, just a little advice for some of the men out there that I've seen. And uh, this is a really hard scene also. So they're oh, doing yeah. a photo shoot uh, for, and for a girl who's like just entered the industry. And this photographer is just being real mean to this girl. She's trying to look sexy. Yeah. She's trying to feel like, you know be hot for this video and the guy keeps saying oh you're you know i'm not turned on anymore Ugh, what are you doing with your mouth oh what are you doing Ugh. and this girl yeah. like honestly feels real terrible like because she doesn't know what you know she doesn't yeah. know what guys want she's just a young girl trying to you know be sexy for pictures and this guy's just tearing her down and again well, and you get into this attractive girl that yeah. drives me ugh. Go ahead. You get into this with, uh, pretty quickly here, too, that, you know, everyone could be replaced. Yeah. You know, um, and that's the thing with an industry is, you know, when you have an industry built up around it, the people that are making the money on it are not the ones that are going to be replaced. They're going to keep profiting off of it, mm. you know, um, but they will they will replace 
the product is, yeah. is how they're going to think about it uh, as often as they need to in order to keep people coming and buying that product and paying them money, whether it's subscriptions or ads or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and so, it, again, just kind of underlining that that sense of kind of the meat market, you know, yeah. like this is. And uh, yeah, not again, I, I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying this to be political because capitalism's great. But this is how capitalism works. The thing that mm -hmm. sells the most is what's going to continue to be made. Yes. That's how it works. And we would all love it if porn was healthy, was sex positive, was good for everyone involved. But that's not what makes the most money. Yeah. It's these, like they said. And it's not the reality of human beings. Yeah. You know? Human beings aren't good. I mean, that's the thing that the Bible, that we should come away with <laughs> learning from the Bible, is it continually reminds us that people are not good. We try to be, you know, some people are better than others, but at the end of the day, humanity is flawed, and we will go to the, you know, to really mm. bad places. And when you're alone, and this is the problem with this, when you're alone with nobody judging you, nobody watching you, you will go to places that you wouldn't admit to publicly. And that's why these videos are so easily the most popular. You know, mm -hmm. these humiliating ones, these kind of violent ones, because there's nobody there to judge the watchers. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, like, I think of the contrast, you know, between um, this, the way that, you know, you, you, you see people talked about, you know, you see women talked about it in this kind of a thing and, and see them used as that, you know, it's, it's product, you know, mm -hmm. they're just product. They're just, they get me, they make me money mm -hmm. and they can be replaced. Yeah. And I think about the contrast between that and what we see in scripture when Jesus talks about going after the lost lamb, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, like I will go after the one, you know, that that's lost. Like yeah. that's the attitude. That's the, um, the love that he shows. And then you see this contrast here. Um, and it just reminds me, you know, thinking about, you know, what does it mean to be made in the image of God, you know? Yeah. And what kind of value does that bring? And yet here we are, all we want is the image of the image. We just want a snapshot because we can use that. Right. Uh, and like, that's, it's so shallow and it's so broken. And, um, but that's, that's the world. That's the world of this whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, last time I checked, you know, I, I you know, we're, we're admitting that we struggle with pornography. But yeah, last time I checked, there are more and more videos of women from the neck up, or I'm sorry, from the neck down. So you don't even see their faces. Oh, man. And it's just yeah. body shots. And so it's becoming more and more dehumanizing. Oh. There was, I hadn't thought about that trend, but yeah. There was, that, this, there was yeah. this big controversy uh, over the last few years about movies being just women from the neck down or from behind. And they were complaining that this is dehumanizing to women. It's like you, their faces don't matter. You know, mm. it's only their bodies. And that's, again, you know, that's what pornography is headed towards. Yeah. Which makes it even worse, you know. <laughs> mm. Uh, and, again, you know, yeah, sorry, but the point I want to make is that there's nothing positive about pornography. Even mm -hmm. if you're not a Christian, it it is a net negative. 
there's it 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 damages the viewers because it may it draws them towards a kind of sex that isn't realistic. It draws mm-hmm. them towards women that are purely physically attractive. Not you know it, it it does not, which I think is a big problem in the church also, mm-hmm. where a lot of men are. You know, I know a ton of beautiful women. When I was single, that's how I met my girlfriend or my wife. Yeah. Now is that there were tons of beautiful women who were smart, who were funny, who were accomplished, yet they had trouble finding men, finding a yeah. boyfriend because men are told that if you're a good Christian, God will bring you the perfect woman. And in the mind of a young man, that perfect woman is physically attractive and a particular kind of physical attraction that you're into. And Mm -hmm. if these men are struggling with pornography, it draws them towards these kinds of girls. And there's, you know, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say in the film where, where they were just in a scene with, uh, Tressa, one of the girls that they follow through this, mm-hmm. um, and she's with her boyfriend, yeah. um, and they're starting to show how that relationship is is being damaged, how, um, you know, how he feels about all of this, and you know, there's no, you don't get the sense from even you know even if you muted it and you look at their faces, like there's no joy, there's no, you know, sense of 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 love there. Um, Although, I mean, it, it does seem that they care for each other. Like that mm-hmm. conversation is just, it's all about, you know, how much it hurts. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of hurts, I mean, she, right now she was just, uh, you know, getting tested. Yeah. Um, so uh, back in Miami, which, you know, it's one of the reasons that Miami's become popular is, is you know, it's a, kind of an exotic location. So people that are in small towns will want to go there to, you know, hey, I can get a pre-plane ticket. Let me, let me go there and do that. It seems like a glamorous life. Uh, but also, unlike California, you know, they haven't passed any laws yeah. about this kind of uh, protection you need to be using when you're filming these kind of movies. Right. California did, and and the, a lot of the industry just moved to Miami. That's uh, I remember when that happened. I live in California, mm-hmm. and there was this big controversy over it where you there was a yeah. lot of, like, rules that they were trying to regulate the industry. And I have to admit yeah. that people putting forward these rules were trying to destroy the industry. They, it, yeah. they were, you know, because you you can't say, oh, we want to destroy pornography. They have to say, no, it's for the protection of people. And yet I still voted for it because it included wearing condoms and mm-hmm. there has to be a paramedic on site in case anything happens. And there has to be like mm-hmm. kind of medical level cleanliness, you know, gloves okay. and and it, and it really was just to put pressure on the porn industry. But the crazy thing is is that yeah. wearing condoms was damaging to the industry. Yes. Because men who watch porn don't want to see condoms. Yeah. they And so <laughs> when that law passed, the industry fled California. Yeah. Because it was that, just wearing condoms in itself was damaging. Mm-hmm. And oh, this is a really terrible Oh, scene. yeah. Uh, well, and this is leading into some of the more abusive yeah. kind of stuff that people get groomed for. Right. Um, that it's like, oh, like if you want to keep keep working, like you need to be doing this thing because it makes things, money. Yeah. yeah. And now this girl has a sexual toy that's incredibly huge, and it was yeah. given to her for her to practice to mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, yeah, it's 
and yeah, she's talking about how she just hit the three month mark in her yeah. where she knows a lot of girls don't make it past this point. Yeah. And and that's the point when they start kind of just funneling you into mm-hmm. more and more stuff you may not really want to do. Yeah. And that's what they said. It's uh if you wanna make it past the three month mark, you have to go into more niche, you know, kind of yeah. scenes and that's when it gets really, really rough. Yeah. And so, I mean, here she's, you know, basically three months in and she's already talking about having them, um, you know, propose doing scenes where she's tied up, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, you know, you think about escalating that quickly into things that you're not comfortable with. Yeah. And I think, is she talking to her mom right now? Or, or no, her boyfriend. I think right? that was her boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, she's talking to her boyfriend and she's saying, I'm just letting you know that I have to do this. And, yeah. you know, and the boyfriend's like, well, it's your body. You can do what you want. And mm-hmm. she's almost kind of, tr- it seems that she's trying to get him to tell her, no, I don't want you to do this. Yeah. That's what it kind of seemed like. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it seems like, ugh, and this is another one, man. Mm-hmm. So they move into a scene where now there's older men, you know, not yeah. elderly men, but older, older men, where the scene is, is that uh, dad's friend comes to hang out and they decide to go out and he stays behind, says, oh, I forgot something. I'm going to go get it. And he goes into the young girl's room to have sex with her. And you could see she is not comfortable with it. Yeah. Like from the beginning, she's not comfortable with doing this scene. Yeah. And so we're seeing kind of scenes, not really going to get into the actual scene. And yeah, yeah it's she, the before and after mostly that they're showing and, and right. talking to the girls about it. And, <laughs> and the the realization that she makes at the end of this. And yeah, she's she's laying in bed, really not into it. She's just like you can see her mm-hmm. face is very uncomfortable. Her. Her posture isn't barely positive. She's not even looking at the camera. She and Ugh. yeah, and they're describing what they want them to do. Mm-hmm. And then, well, let's just say it then. At the end, afterwards, she basically says, "You know, this isn't. This is all about men. This is, has nothing yeah. to do with pleasure for women. This is just mm-hmm. to please men." And yeah. that's, she comes, comes, you know, she was, she's, and she says the, uh, we don't know what happened, but she says at the end, I was not into it at all. It was yeah. really, really difficult to get through the end and which we don't know what happened, but she's like, yeah, it's not about me. It's not about my pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's not the, about the pleasure of women. This is purely for men. And yeah. I don't know if she just realized that, that that's what pornography is. Or if she's <laughs> just saying it out loud, you know, to, for the cameras. But, yeah. uh, and again, the fact that they have to go through this, there's this notion that, well, they're old enough, they can decide whether or not to do this or not. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how, you know, realistic that is. Uh, if you're, I mean, imagine. You have you're on this porn set, a lot of people are involved, 
you yeah. know, you start doing, you agree to do the scene and then you just say, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like right. it. You know, you can do that. You absolutely yeah, have, but the you're not going to work that. again, but you're not going to work again. And you're going to disappoint all these people. And when you're young and you have all these people yeah. mad at you saying, you said you would do this and now we're, you know, we're losing money. Yeah. So the, there's literally no downside for them to up the ante once right. they get you in the room. You know, right. they can they can ask for whatever they want. And it's like you're probably going to do it because you don't want to cost them money. You don't want people to be mad at you. They're manipulating you and you feel bad. All of those things. Um, and so it's very easy for this to escalate far beyond what anybody really wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. And she's saying, like, I'm I'm doing things and I'm saying things that I would never do in real life. You yeah. Know, it's really about the guys getting off. Yeah. Like, the girl's just there to help. Yeah. This is, these are her words. And as long as you have boobs and vagina and an ass, it is all, I you know, they don't care about who you are. It's just, you're just a tool. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, and it says the industry is not subject to any other federal re regulations except that the girl is 18 or over. Yeah. There is no regulation for these. Yeah. And what regulation there is is like California requiring things like condoms and things that then just make the industry go elsewhere. There's nothing yeah. broad enough to, to really kind of make the industry as a whole actually – yeah. try to be more humanitarian about what they're doing, which is a strange concept in and of itself. Right. And they, they keep coming, coming, giving these statistics. Teen is the number one search term in porn, on porn sites. Yeah. And she's like, you know, another girl, this is a different scene. Another girl saying I was, I just was not, I was in a hotel room. I was not comfortable with it. You know, she wasn't was gross. Teen. It was gross. Yeah. Yeah. And so. But you have to do it because that's how you make money. Yeah. When I think about, you know, kind of bringing it back on that theological side of things, like what does it mean to be made in the image of God and how is this impacted, mm -hmm. you know, people? And, and I think one of the things that you start realizing as you look more into this is you you actually allow yourself to to see the human side and not just what I desire um, is that, you know, being in the image of God is, is, is something that's an identity. There's worth in that. And it's, it's, uh, something God's called us to do, mm -hmm. right. To, to represent him. Um, uh, and how can you do that? Well, when you're basically just treating people like trash yeah. and how can you, um, when you're feeding into an industry that's treating people like trash, they're being kept from being able to reflect the image of God well too. Um, and like, that's just, it just builds up and it's, it's so, so terrible. Yeah. And yeah, you had more health complaints here. Mm -hmm. She's saying that, uh, for yeah. the scene, she's not on, uh, you know, she's not on birth control. They gave her, an, she said, I, they gave me an extra hundred bucks for plan B plan B is like only 40 bucks. So I got to keep 60. And it's like, Oh yeah. Uh, good for you. It's like, <laughs> That's a good thing. Like yeah. uh, one girl uh, ended up in the ER because of a mm -hmm. swelling, and she's in a lot of pain. Yeah. Uh, and uh, another girl, like just said, you, it hurts your body. 
and you you know it's almost like you're not supposed to be having this much sex <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> uh, which is is uh, yeah it's it, that just points to again the unrealistic nature of all of this yeah you know and and none of this the in the the people who run this industry they all know that this happens it's expected. oh yeah which is why there's so many, like the guy said at the beginning, every day another girl turns, you know, another girl turns 18, you know, mm-hmm. and he's never going to run out. Like he knows mm-hmm. these girls aren't going to be here forever. Yeah. They're going to, you know, stay anywhere from three to, to three months to a year. And then we'll get a, a whole new set of girls. And that's fine. Yeah. Well, and, and there, there's like kind of an added aspect to it in terms of the relationships that it's like, you know, how do you have a relationship with someone where you, you know, are going through the aging process together mm-hmm. uh, when you're constantly feeding this desire for someone younger? Right. Right. Um, you know, that the if supply of, of people you know, of women that are 18 that want to do porn is never ending, then there's a never ending supply of, of that out there. Yeah. And you're always going to be comparing in unrealistic ways in that too. And so like another added dimension to why this doesn't work. Yeah. And this is getting even more uncomfortable where this girl gets a call and she has to go to the store to buy clothes. Uh, and what she call what, you know, the words that they used is ghetto things because she is now going yeah. to be in a video where she's going to play a stereotype. Yeah. Be dehumanized that way as well. You know, she's Hispanic, and so she has to play into the stereotype to be, you know, essentially made fun of. And uh. yeah, and again, I'm maybe I'm a little too open with this, but what may I the 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 pull is so strong that I hate this industry. I hate it so much, and I wish it would go away, yet I succumb to it anyway. And it's almost mm. like it is like alcoholism. Like, I, I don't know any other way yeah. to put it. When you know, like a person who quits drinking because it destroyed their life, they still, a lot of people still fall right back into it. And you wonder, you know yeah. what it does to you. Why would you do it? It's because it's that strong, this, yeah. this desire, this pull to it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, she's this, now the scene is like, you know, her basically being mocked and humiliated and being talked yeah. down to. And this is the scene that she has to do. And she, uh, again, yeah. the point that I'm making is that it's not just a sin for us. It damages society. Mm-hmm. It hurts these girls. It hurts the yeah. people who watch it. It's not just, and I guess the main point I want to make is that when God makes commandments, he doesn't Mm -hmm. make them just to make them. He doesn't say, you know, there aren't rules like, hey, you have to stand on one foot for an hour on Tuesday. I think I gave you that example when we talked to (laughs) the tree production. Just to be, you know, just to make it, just to prove your, you know, oh, you want to, you know, you want to enjoy sex? Well, I don't want you to, just to prove how much you love me. It is basically... There's, there's real consequences to what he says we shouldn't, we should or shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Right? He doesn't say yeah. only have sex with one person, you know, with your husband or your wife. 
because he just wants to make it difficult for you. There's mm-hmm. a there's a goodness to it, you know, yeah. lusting after women. And I think that the reason I want to bring that up is because there's a lot of talk in the progressive Christian world about how mm-hmm. we can do whatever we want as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah. But we don't know what the long-term damage of this stuff is. Yeah. We don't know. And now we're, they're not showing the scenes directly, but it's kind of, uh, yeah. it's really, really horrible, the kind of scene that this woman, again, well, she was humiliated. And they're basically saying, you know, right. stats, like, you know, this sites that are abusive get more hits than NFL.com, CBS.com, all of these NBA, other sites Wire, combined, you know, and like, what kind of an impact does that have on society when that's what we're focused on? Right. You know, it's interesting. Um, just thinking about the 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 damage, uh, and you know, as you're talking about, like God saying, you know, like this is this is what I want you to do and don't want you to do, and why. Like, there are reasons for that because you know he he designed us, he knows us, mm-hmm. he cares for us. And um, one of the things that hit me, you know, pretty recently is I, I've been you know working on putting together a, a podcast that's focused on the gospel is just how much this is a gospel issue. Yeah. Um, and, um, I take that because I look at Genesis three and I see the way that God describes the way that life is going to be in a world that includes all this rebellion. Um, when Adam and Eve, you know, basically want to become like God and don't want to listen to what he says, <laughs> you know, that has consequences. And and so God describes like, you know, you're going to live in, in basically in a world of scarcity and you're going to live in a world of mortality and you're going to live in a world of male dominance for the most part. Yeah. That's just the way it's going to be. Uh, and so, you know, you think about like, how do we as Christians, especially go about preaching a gospel that's like, hey, you know, God rose from the dead. That's reversing the curse of mortality, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and we will we will participate in that uh, when Jesus returns, you know, um, and when you see the church really, you know, a- acting the way they should um, there, there's scarcity there that you're you're overcoming, too. Um, and then, but here, you know, we're going to make an exception, right? Uh, we're going to preach this gospel that can reverse curses, but I want to use women for my own benefit. Mm. Like that doesn't work. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And, um, again, it's just like one more place of like, the more you dig into this and the more you really, you know, get into it, both in terms of, of what's happening in these people's lives, both in terms of the impact for you and in terms of theology, you can see how how broken it all is, mm. you know? Yeah. Cause that, that's the, that's the, the short sightedness that we have as humans is we don't know the yeah. long-term damage. We think, well, it's just pornography. It's not going to hurt anybody, but obviously totally. making, giving clicks to these sites hurt these girls. Cause it just yeah. perpetuates this. It hurts you because it, 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 it creates in your brain a desire for something that might not be realistic. And now yeah. you're never going to be able to fulfill it yourself, but you're going to demand it from the women that you might, you know, be in a relationship with it. Uh, you know, it, it makes it harder to enjoy sex. It causes damage yeah. to your relationship, but you don't see that right up close, you know, in the moment, mm. you know? And so in this scene right here, they're talking about this just to pull it back into the, the yeah. film. Like um, this, this, one of the girls is talking, I think she's one of the, they're talking two girls talking. And I think one of them was on the phone with her boyfriend and she's basically just like, you know, people can see this all around the world. Yeah. It's everywhere. 
Yeah. Um, and one of the things that they you know talk about is that it basically takes about a month for people to know. And mm-hmm. um, here she's headed back home, and um, again, kind of you know talking about the promise rings that she and her boyfriend got, and um, their promise to be faithful to each other, which is an odd thing in this dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, again, this is kind of that weird like purity culture versus pornography kind of juxtaposition that is so much of America in the, in the church that, um, you know, how do you do that? Mm. And, and here, um, she's back home and she's at a, a college party and, you know, it becomes pretty clear that people know. Yeah. Uh, Cause one of the guys starts calling her out with it and he's like, Hey, you know, show us this or do that or whatever. And yeah, she's literally, you know, you can see instantly she's so uncomfortable because of, this is hit home. Yeah. She's literally just at a, at a party with her friends, yeah. with her boyfriend's friends. And oh man, and her boyfriend looks. I mean, he is just. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, you can tell he is so uncomfortable. Right, because they're saying, "Hey, why don't we pull pull up the porn on on TV and watch it like where you're standing next to it?" It's. Uh, yeah. Which is again just objectification. Right, they're making fun and being of her. A jerk. Uh, yes. And you feel bad for the both of them. You just... Yeah. Yeah, and here the boyfriend is, you know, not just talking about the fact that she's in porn, but some of the specific things that she's had to do. um, Yeah. And and been pressured into doing that, um, you know, go above and beyond, you know, kind of what you would consider normal. Um, And he's just like, you know, I can't... He's trying to, trying to process it, you yeah, know, because he's talking about other girls, basically. Yeah, he's saying, "I'm not talking yeah. about you. I'm just talking about in general. How do these people respect? Have how can they do this and have respect for themselves?" Yeah, and, well, and he basically gets to the point where he's he's you know really asking the question of you know how close is this really to just being a prostitute? Mm-hmm. Uh, does the camera really make a difference? You know, right? And how you have that kind of a conversation in a relationship and have it be healthy. <laughs> like, how, how do you do that? You know, like, yeah. again, showing the human cost of this. Yeah. And it's, it's really, and it's kind of like really, uh, condemning if I felt very condemned or not condemned. How do you, what's that word? When you convicted, mm. <laughs> when yeah, yeah. the guy basically the, the, the talent agent says, that all these girls say that they don't want their parents to find out. I hope my parents don't find out. And he, I always tell them they're going to find out because everybody watches porn. Yeah. And like it just hit me that yeah, I'll, I know, I I know very few people who struggle with porn. You know, <laughs> who or who don't struggle with porn, I should say. Yeah, yeah. You know, most of the people that I know, like if I if one of my friends was important, I'm sure that eventually they would find people were going to find out because you know everybody watches porn i think he's right it's that we're talking about the entirety of the porn library is in everyone's pocket on their cell phones Mm -hmm. and anyone including teenagers can can access pornography and not just regular porn but like the worst kinds of porn easily yeah because it is in their pockets at all times so, and here we have you know upgrades to five G, so it's just available yeah, even more places. That, yeah. yeah, 
you know, like it's, it's, and this is one of those kind of dynamics where, you know, double-edged sword, the technology is, you know, that, that there are some really amazing things that we, we have, have, you know, brought forth with technology and science, but you can also see the way that people use that to dominate and to manipulate and to use other people. Um, and, um, this is just another aspect of that. And that's been going on since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And again, this is another horror scene is oh. this girl saying that she went to do, do, to do a shoot and it was just two guys, a guy with a camera and another guy and the actor. And yeah. she didn't know if she could say no. Yeah. She basically went with it just because she was scared of what would happen if she said no. Yeah. You know? Because well, and, and like in that conversation, you know, the, she says, or, or one of the other girls says, you know, that's how rape victims feel. Yeah. Because you know, just like, let, uh, it, let uh, it happen uh, and, you know, it'll be over sooner. And that's, yeah. and she, like, again, it, it almost seemed like a rape the way that she was describing it. She didn't want to do it. She was yeah. scared, but she didn't know if she could say no. Like if she said no. But it's okay because it money changed hands. Right. Exactly. That's basically like how how things seem to be seen for the most part on a legal aspect. Which on a legal, is, yeah. Legally, this is all ugh. above board because they accept, they agreed to it. Mm. And there there has to be there, there's this political thing of you you agree to do this, you can leave whenever you want, but human beings yeah. aren't. It's not that simple. We're not that simple. We're, mm-hmm. We get scared. We're afraid of hurting, of uh, of disappointing people. We're for, we're afraid of getting yelled at, especially these when they're young. I mean, imagine. Like I mentioned this with the uh, with sports. Did I mention this during this record? The 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 athletes that go to college. You know. Oh yeah. 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 These girls are making thousands of dollars a week with no college education, and once they you know they quit, they have nothing. They, they're not yeah. making any money anymore. And they have to go to, you know, making minimum wage jobs. You know? Yeah. It's so, that draw is so strong, yeah. to, you know, to keep them from leaving. Oh, and this is, so here's the conversation with the, with Tressa and her boyfriend and her mom. And her mom is basically just saying, you know, like, why would you want to date somebody that does this? To the, to the boyfriend and yeah. then to her daughters, you know, saying like, you are the first thing I think of every morning and the last thing I think of every night and it's not good. And that's every day. Yeah. Just heartbroken and anxious and scared. And you could tell the mom isn't just disappointed that she's doing pornography. She's afraid of her safety. Yes. Yes. And here we have two people that actually care about her telling her that she shouldn't be doing this anymore. Yeah. I mean, this is an intervention. Yeah. You know, absolutely. When when you're young, you really aren't smart enough to make these kinds of decisions for yourself. I know that legally you can, and, you know, I'm not saying that laws should change, but, you know, about who can make decisions or not. But I'm saying that when you're this young and you get thrown into this position... You can't yeah. make the right decision all the time. Well, and you know, I think about it in terms of you know, kind of archetypal things that that chew people up. You know, 
-hmm. Like, oh, you're 18. You can go to the recruiting office. So we have a bunch of, you know, young men that get chewed up by war. And, oh, you're 18. You can go into porn. So we have a bunch of young women that get chewed up by porn. And, like, it's it's crazy the kinds of things people can get themselves into just because they're of legal age. And then, you know, realize, like, they're far deeper than they would ever want to be. And so... And here she's on basically with the producer that she had, had gone and stayed with and yeah. um, basically saying, you know, I, I can't do this anymore. Um, and yeah. so here we are. I think she says uh, a little bit later, you know, she made something like $24,000 in four months. And by the end of it, with all the stuff she was buying and trying to be lavish, she had maybe two grand left. Yeah. You know, which is, you know, basically living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm because you're spending so much and you're pursuing a lifestyle that you really can't afford. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he's saying he's fine with it, but you know, he's saying here you're leaving for your boyfriend, but relationships don't last nowadays. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that was about as soft pedal of a manipulation as you could get. Yeah. Like he, he just kind of throws it in there, but it doesn't push too much. And, and why should he? Right. right. Because he's, he's going to have five new girls by the end of this movie yeah. that are just lined up, ready to go. Um, and he doesn't have to care. Yeah. This documentary doesn't last, you know, wasn't filmed over a year. This is less than a year from the beginning of the movie to now. And almost all these girls are gone by the end. Yeah. You know, and 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 the ones that aren't like, where are they at? You know, how much deeper into this have they, right. How much deeper is the damage? And, um, yeah, it's, uh, and again, the the Rashida Jones interview. There's a vice. Yeah. There's a vice interview with Rashida Jones, who produced this, was saying, "I'm not against all porn. I'm just saying that this is the porn that is really, really popular right now." Well, yeah. at what point do we say that, like the majority, you know, yeah, isn't the problem? I mean, or that the industry isn't the right problem because the majority is horrible but the minority isn't bad so therefore it's <laughs> right. still a good industry like we would never it, say that about it anything to, it starts to be a pretty weak argument yeah. uh, and, and you were mentioning you know one of the other producers uh, involved in this made made a different film that was looking at the impact of of uh, a teenager a woman in her 20s and a woman in her 30s that were uh it got into the porn industry and the impact of that and mm-hmm. um you know, you know that's uh, I, I haven't seen it so i don't know the context but like it, that I think is kind of filling in the gaps where that Rashida Jones interview, she was, you know, this is what I'm focused on. This is bad, but maybe the rest of it's okay. Right. It's like, well, okay, let's explore that. Let's look at that. And you look at this other film and and you can see the impact um, that it has beyond just what we're talking about here with amateur porn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, well, it's, it's a documentary called sexy baby. And like you said, it's uh, it follows Three women at three different ages, one in the teens, 20s, and one, one in a teenage girl, a woman in her 20s, and a woman in her 30s. The woman in her 30s was interesting because she was an ex-porn star. And they asked oh. her, like, what would you feel if your daughter went into porn? And it really was a hard question. Like, it, it hit them really oh. hard. Like, the guy almost broke down into tears. It was so hard because they lived in the, in the industry. You know, yeah. they did it themselves and they know what it does. 
And the idea is that, you know, uh, that the teenage girl was 13 and she dressed really provocatively. And the yeah. because she watched the, the Lady Gaga and you know uh, you know all these music videos. Uh, God, that's how old I am. I can't think of anybody else than, other than Lady Gaga. <laughs> but she was watching yeah. all these videos, all these music videos, and she just wants that to you know she wants to emulate that. And the mom is like, I grew up feminist. Uh, you know, I'm a strong feminist, mm-hmm. and I believe that women should own their own sexuality, that they should, you know, it should empower them, and they should, you know, to own it themselves so that other people don't take advantage. But th- we're at a point where I don't know what to do anymore because this is going way too far. For my teenage yeah. girl to be dressed, you know, so provocatively to go to a concert, I don't, yeah. like, it doesn't, like, I don't know what to say. Like, I don't want to tell her no because then... I'm telling her that her, you know, to cover up, which is anti-feminist, but you know, and I, I, I honestly don't know how. Like, I don't see how you can have that conversation and be logically consistent. You know, right. it's, um, you've already kind of broken that dam, and um, that's part of the challenge with this is that you know we we live in a society that has become so focused around sexuality, and it, and um, it's. It's new too. Like, there's nothing new about this, but it's new in a way because, you know, back, you know, you think about, you know, ancient Greece, ancient Mesopotamia. Like, you couldn't walk around with a phone in your pocket that just, you know, anything you want is at your fingertips. Yeah. You know, and so technology, again, just kind of uh, making this even um, more accessible, making the impact all that much stronger. Mm -hmm. And here she's uh, seen, she's telling her, she's told her dad. Yeah. Um, this is after and, she left, right? So yeah, yeah. And she, yeah, she said he knew. He just didn't want to believe it. Yeah. Which again, it, it, I don't. I don't know how that impacted. If you watch porn and you realize somebody that you love has been in this, you know, has been making videos like the ones that you watch, how that would make you think of the industry <laughs> of the. Uh, well, know. especially if you if you've actually seen films like this or listened to podcasts like this, where you start to kind of see behind the curtain, you know, like, um, and we, there was, there was probably five, 10 minutes there where they, they went into more, some of the, the abusive, uh, stuff that was, is going on in the industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we were kind of talking over it. So I don't want to just ignore that. um, But all that to say, like, you know, that's just, you know, more and more examples of how this just keeps getting drawn deeper and deeper into damaging people Mm. and into using women. And, um, you know, they're just a product. They're just meat. They're just, you know, whatever gets me off. Like that's how this industry works. Mm -hmm. And there it's that way because that's filling a desire people have. Yeah. uh, And it, it like, I'm so blown away at how accurate the Bible is. Like you, you said that, Men will always dominate yeah. women, and that's like a curse. It's not yeah. like, yeah, women, men are better than women, therefore they should be in charge. It's right. like a curse. And it's not the way it should be, and but it, it's it, like this is the way it's going to be because you are living in rebellion, because right. you are seeking after your own things. Right. 
And so the yeah. idea that pornography is like for pro woman or in the sixties about free love that, you know, we shouldn't be tied down mm -hmm. with relationships, man. We should be open and to have sex with whoever we want. It just ended up being men having sex with a lot of women and women not having yeah. that freedom. And women are like, Hey, right. it's okay because we're free. We can do what we want. And again, pornography is the same way. It's women's, mm -hmm thinking that they're going to be in charge and the industry com being completely run by men. And, yeah. you know, I, I hate to put it this way, but if porn is going to exist, I would like for it to be, you know, I don't want it to exist at all, but I would like mm -hmm. for it to be healthy and good and positive for women. I just, because it's run by men and because there's so little shame attached to it. Mm-hmm. It's going to go the worst, you know, down the worst path. Yeah, because well, and and even yeah. if even if the industry itself was was a lot more humanitarian about how it was run, and you know, women were in charge of things and all of that, like you still have the consumers that are men just using women. Yeah, right, and that's not healthy, you know. So there there is no scenario where where this you know turns out roses. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, you can, you know, start to think about like, how do we, how do we shut this down? You know? And, um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, what we really see is that, you know, this gets shut down because God has done the work of actually sanctifying his people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so there's, I don't know that we see this go away until, you know, we're past this life. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's terrifying for um, someone as a, as a husband and father. It's terrifying as, as someone that's that's been wrapped up in this. It's terrifying as um, someone that sees how much this just devalues, um, especially women. Yeah. Like like I said, it's you know if if men watched the you know sex positive porn, if men watched the you know, feminist porn, mm -hmm. then that would be the majority of porn, but it's not. Yeah. These mm -hmm. kinds of videos are the, what's popular. This is what most men are watching. And that's why they're right. going to continue to be made this way. And yeah, the code at the end is that, uh, there's eight new girls living in this house because yeah. they, they just showed one girl left after six months uh, to pursue a photography career. Another girl does webcam, which means that she's in control because she's running everything. Yeah. And sure. not great, but uh, you know, at least she's not being abused by although again, if she wants to make money, she has to kind of do what men in yeah. these chat rooms ask her to do. Right. Which, which can't feel good sometimes. And but yeah, again, it's the same house, the same guy, and now there's just eight new girls. After six months yeah. of, mm -hmm. of making this film, they completely, every, everybody's gone and there's a whole new set of women. That's how this industry works. And I can't yeah. stress this enough. This is the porn industry. This isn't a dark mm -hmm. corner of it. This is the main industry. This is the most popular. This the money maker. The money maker. So yeah. anyways, this, this is the end. They're just showing little montages of uh you know the new you know the new life of these girls so yeah 
Well, <laughs> mm. not a fun episode, this one, as no. <laughs> others, but... But an important one. An important one. You know, it's one. a conversation that, you know, like like we said as we were looking at it, like, it needs to be had, and it needs to be had among believers in the church. Um, it's something we need to be able to to address and talk about and in meaningful ways. Yeah. And um, part of that is recognizing the, the human impact um, that this has, even when everything is, quote, unquote, going well. Mm-hmm. So on top of if if you're a guy and you struggle with porn— a thing that you need to realize is if anything helps you move away from it or to stop mm-hmm. yourself before you click is just watching what it does to the women in the videos, as opposed to just thinking that this is a sin, this will make God angry, you know, yeah. this will make my wife angry if she finds out or my girlfriend. You're contributing, and this isn't to make you feel horrible, like to hate yourself. No, <laughs> because we all struggle with it. I struggle with it. I, you know, but it's but it puts it in context. Yeah, you know, like how how do you, you know, the whole allure of it is the fantasy. Yeah, you know, and if you can break that fantasy and put it in reality and recognize the impact that this has and what's going on behind the scenes, on top of you know your relationships that matter that you don't want to break, like all of that adds up um, and can help, I think, um, divert you yeah. when you're, you're really wanting to, to dig in. And so, yeah, just every click adds money to the pockets of the people who are running this industry and yeah. it doesn't need yours. So, <laughs> you know, it, you know, I, I don't know. It, um, Going into a discussion that I had with a friend who was talking about the NFL and how badly it might treat its players and all that, saying, well, if I stop watching, it's not going to take, it's not going to bring down the NFL. My viewership right. is like penny. There's millions of people watching. My my few pennies of not watching isn't going to bring down the NFL. And that's true. But do right. you want to be a part of it? It's not about totally. what it does to the industry. It's about what you, whether you want to be a part of it or not. Yeah, you know, and that's enough of a reason to not to avoid it. And if you struggle, find somebody to help you through it. You know, somebody yes. you can call to you know to just again do something. Uh, you know, yeah. take up a hobby. Call somebody who can help you through it while you're struggling with it. It's 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 always much harder to do it alone. It's next to impossible yeah. to do it alone. So. Well, and, and, and the, I mean, there are things you can, there are, you know, tools like uh, software like Covenant Eyes that can, you know, kind of basically um, monitor what you're doing and then provide that to an accountability partner and, and things like that that can help. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing is is just finding the triggers, finding the things that, you know, it's like, oh, this makes me want this. Right. And learning how to steer clear of things that are going to trigger, learning how to reach out to people. Uh, when you when you do feel like you might even be like headed in that direction, it's there's just a, a lot of just heading it off at the pass mm. uh, because once you kind of get into the point where the fantasy becomes the focal point, you know you're it's hard to break out of that. You know yeah. you you need a dose of reality to do it, and you're you're already focusing yourself too narrowly to to kind of pull out. Uh, so you need to to have that shift in perspective earlier in the chain right. for sure. So, there we go. Uh, yeah. An important episode. I'm actually really happy with this one. Uh, 
really hard to get through, but you know, it like I said, it needed to be discussed. If you didn't watch it, that's totally okay. I hope our conversation was, uh, you know, informative. Uh, mm. I don't know if I could recommend this. I, I recommend it for the information that it has. But uh, yeah. if you can't watch something like this, then yeah, then you don't have to. But this, I'm glad that this movie exists. I'm glad that mm-hmm. we were able to, you know, that this is actually put to put to cellulite. I mean, they don't use celluloid anymore, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm glad yeah. that this kind of documentation exists for what the industry is turning into and what it's, you know, doing to people. Yeah. And it's just an, another example of, of, you know, this technology being used for evil. Yeah. And then now someone's saying, well, you know, I can use that same technology to then try to, to highlight that. And yeah. try to try to kind of pull people out of it, and you know, it's this movie isn't perfect. Um, it's not easy uh, mm-hmm. to watch, but um, I, I do think that uh, you know, like you said, the more this just we connect to to the reality of things, um, that helps to keep us uh, more uh, in line with the reality, the broader reality of life, and who we are, and what God's created us to be, and and all of these things, and so. I definitely see a part that things like this movie or this podcast can play for people that that need to um, have their eyes open to to this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that that'll do it for us. Uh, thank right. you guys for listening, uh, Josh. Anywhere where we can find you, anything you want to promote. Uh, well, um, I'm uh, working on launching a podcast actually as part of Raven Creek. Um, yeah. So. Uh, you'll see a, a podcast uh, that I put out um, that's focused on different aspects of the gospel. Um, and uh, my aim is to basically have five to seven minute episodes that just highlight um, a different aspect or kind of detail uh, that, that we may not re- necessarily hear in church. Um, it, the way I like to kind of explain it is if you're looking at a stained glass window, you know, there's a central pane, right? Mm-hmm. We all know what the central pane in the gospel is. It's Jesus Christ. It's an incarnated, crucified, resurrected. It's who he is. Um but then, you know, usually in those windows, you're going to see these other little panes that are around the outside uh, that are going to uh, describe more of the story. Yeah. Uh, and so I just want to explore more of the story. I think that can help us to understand it more, to engage with it more. And it can help us to find uh, maybe a different facet of the gospel that connects with someone else's story more so we can draw them into conversation in a more natural, uh, detailed way uh, as we are in relationship with them. So um, that's the focus. Uh, and you'll see that uh, you know popping up pretty soon. That's awesome. Do we have a name yet, or are you still working on that? Uh, yeah, so the name of that will be Tending Our Nets. Um, the idea is, Ooh. you know, building off of um, being fishers of men. Yeah. That, you know, we can't do that with nets that are broken and, and um, that don't really work. You know, we need to, to um, have um, good tools. We need to speak the truth in love. Uh, and so, um, yeah, that's where we're going. Well, that's awesome. All right, so let us know when that yeah. comes out. Uh, we'll definitely be promoting it on our uh, – on our social media. So uh, again, thank you for doing this. This is such a great episode and I'm, you know, happy that I had you on to talk about it because, you know, we had really good insight. You know, I think together Mm. we did a pretty good job. So yeah, it's like, (laughs) I feel like I'm, it's like, I'm happy to be on your, on your podcast, this being happy to, to do this particular uh, you know, movie, eh, you know, yeah, I but know, exactly. man, so necessary. We'll have yeah. you on for a more positive, fun show, <laughs> fun, fun movie. Sounds good. All right. So thank you guys for listening. Right. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. All right. Bye.
You've been listening to the Commentarians Podcast, a Raven Creek Social Club production. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecommentarians. Thank you for listening, and until next time, remember, movies are a reflection of our lives and of other people's lives, and we get to experience them together. Come back to the movies with us. We love sharing them with you.